Welcome, 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 Fret Talk Podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. It is episode number 325 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are joined this week by, oh my gosh, it's Josh. Hello. Hi. You are also joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking very, um, like, 90s wrestler today. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a blue version of McFoley's. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Weighing in at 247 pounds. <laughs> That's it. On a good day. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> With the wind beyond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after a, after a decent shit. <laughs> oh dear! So it is episode number three two five of the Fret Talk podcast. How are we all, gentlemen? Yeah, very good. Bad. Thank you. We all gravy, gravy. We had a birthday in the Fret Talk podcast this week. We did. We did. Yeah, I'm now officially really old. Is it? Is it like that one? <laughs> is it the official? No, it's thirty two. Ah. Oh, fair play. I've got one year left in me, and then, obviously, because I look like Jesus, I'll be dead at 33. Yeah, yeah, standard. Like, <laughs> better to burn out than fade away, I think it was uh, Kurt Cobain's um, motto, yeah. weren't it? And he stood by it. He stood yep. by it. <laughs> Courtney did it. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, it's called, It's a song. all I did was say a song title. Yeah, yeah. It's like that um, fucking O.J. Simpson like memoir thing. <laughs> if, if I did it, if I did it, and then like O.J.'s yeah, family got the rights to it and just put I did yeah, it. it was, yeah, her family got the rights to it. Yeah, put, yeah sorry. Yeah. If in like if if in about six font, and then I did it in seventy two. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely classy maneuver yeah, that was. Classic. I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Right, uh, on such a light-hearted note, let's mention our sponsor for this week. And it is, of course, Affordable Board. So we are sponsored this week by Affordable Board. Affordable Board bring you pedals from Demon FX, JSFX, Mosky, Joyo and K-Line at amazing prices. They are a UK company with all of their stock ready to ship in fantastic recyclable packaging. Check them out, please do, at uh, affordableboard.co.uk. They have got some amazing things in stock one of which we will be talking about a little bit later on, which happens to be a very, very cheeky <laughs> BOD clone. <laughs> very, very cheeky. Very cheeky. But like, is it good? We'll find out. But first, as as per tradition, the tradition that we've been doing for about five episodes, we're gonna do shit news of the week. And shit news of the week this week. It's taking a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist because it's not actual shit news, in in terms of it being like unwanted news, but it is news that is shit. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna have to uh, give a uh, a shout out here to um, Mr. Matt Quinn. Wee, say hi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he tagged me in um, a posting guitar nerds uh, literally today, and it was a screen capture of a post in a, another group. I don't know which group it was, but by Frank Ricciotti, 
who is basically like Line 6 slash Yamaha's dude. He's, I don't even know his, his job title, but he's like pretty high up in the in the Line 6 Yamaha um, ecosystem, the, the company. And he had some news. He had some news. Right, so I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, so he says... It's a bit waffly, so do do bear with me. So he says, I wanted to take a moment to give you some important information regarding our Variax guitar line. We have watched with incredible pride as you have used these instruments to create amazing music and to do incredible things with the technology over the last 12 years. More than that, isn't it? I would have thought. Uh, like I had one in 2000 and something. The first ones must be like two thousand and three ish. I I'd thought guess. it was around that. Yeah, but like I assume like the the most recent one of the last of uh, the Variax. Uh, so the creation of this group and the way it's grown over the years has been truly inspirational to watch. We are in awe of the talent and creativity. This is where it all starts turning sour. Uh, unfortunately, due to the end of life on several of the components used in the Variax technology, we are unable to continue with future mass production of these instruments. We, for some reason I've capitalised the whole word, we, we have made a limited we. run. <laughs> we, we. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just really gleeful. Uh, we, <laughs> maybe he's French. We. <laughs> Because they spell that weird, isn't it? O-U-I, oi. Um, we've made a limited run of some fantastic made US Variax instruments that are available. So they're doing one kind of final big bang with the Variax and are basically using the last of the components uh, in some of the USA uh, JTV models, which is kind of cool because they were considered like the creme de la creme. However, it's, uh, yeah, it's the death of the Line 6 Variax, which, sad times. I mean, I pretty much use minor Pacifica. <laughs> so, <laughs> if they, <laughs> unless they discontinue that, that's, uh, then I'm all good. But no, it, it, it like, genuinely is sad because they are, um, they're a very interesting instrument. And, I think there's been a few uh, a few companies recently have given it a go as well. And so you've got like the Moore GTRS, which has got some of that kind of technology in it, but then have taken it further with like amp modeling as well within it. There's another company who's doing it as well. Can't remember. Another one of those remember. kind of... I remember the Moore one. Yeah. Um, but you also had like between... The first run of the um, the Variaxes and the more modern versions. You had the Fender. Um, oh, what was it called? The, it was like the oh, not the Firebird X. No, that's that, that was Gibson, <laughs> Gibson's take on it. The, the, like oh, Fender sorry, did, yeah, that was like Gibson. A, a Stratocaster, but what was it called? It was like the V something or other. And it basically, I don't remember that one. So it had a lot, very similar to the the. Um, the the Variax it had like a little knob that had like S H and like another couple of things basically like like single core humbucker etc etc P ninety yeah blah 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 all of those like literally all of all of those much bigger companies 
fell flat on their ass. Um, <laughs> so like you've got to hand it to Line Six for making such a good go of this, and and like con- continuing the support for a, an instrument that was like very niche. Like it, it didn't have mass appeal, but those people who got it loved it and really ran with it. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying that, <laughs> and then <laughs> both me and Matt have them and then use them as normal guitars. To be fair, I used mine as a Variax for a while, and like, if I was, if I could be bothered to charge it, my biggest issue is I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't charge, but. If I could be bothered to charge it, like it is the perfect gigging man's guitar. Yeah. Especially, well, like, especially if you're in a covers band. Like, if you're in a covers band and you need P90s for that song, Humbuckers for that song, you need a Les Paul sound for that one, but a more open Hollybody sound for the next one, you need a fucking stupid, horrible Rickenbacker for the Beatles song you play in. Like, yeah. you could do that. But I just couldn't be asked. And the other thing that really put, really annoyed me is they didn't... I know that in the real world, pickup outputs are different and a Les Paul is louder than a Strat and a Telly is quieter again cause if, if it's vintage pickups. But if they'd have set it as a level, it's the perfect gigging musician's guitar. But the fact that they didn't meant it was a pain in the ass and you had to fucking either turn your amp up or down every time or have a pedal on your board where you change the level. Yeah. There was an easy fix for that, Matt. <laughs> there wasn't, because I plugged it into the computer and everything I did didn't save to the guitar, so I never plugged it in again because the, the interface was fucking awful. <laughs> I think that that may have been more of a problem with your your ability to navigate that than it was with the uh, the software itself. Oh, I didn't have any issues with it. Um, but there was, like, within the uh, Line 6 forums, there was a patch, basically, someone had created like an auto-level patch where it was basically all of the basic presets, but all the levels had been evened out. <laughs> and you could just literally like grab that file and import it into your Variax and then voila. Yeah, I never saw that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, that's something you could still use to this day. Uh, if I could find the box to plug it into my computer, which I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that, that would be an issue. Um. Yeah, I think if you run the the line six, uh, I think what the, like the dream rig, I think they called it, where it was like um, either helix into um, variax or like pod XT into variax, and like the, that even worked with the DT. Wasn't there a two twelve amp? Yeah, the well? DT twenty five and the DT fifty, which could yeah. then you could get like patches on your your pod. Or your helix to it would change the guitar as well as the amp sound, yeah. Yeah, it it switched the amp to whichever channel you needed on the actual amplifier, would add all the effects that you wanted within the unit and then switch your Variax patch as well. I mean it's what um Repeater was using, he was using the Shuriken version of, of it and he was using that with Frog Leap for a while and using the helix and having it all kind of soon at the start of a song, he'd been a banjo, and uh, then it would just go to like a drop A baritone. And it, oh, it was just like, this is wizardry. Yeah. And it, 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 it could be that. If you were like, um, like a theatre guitarist 
or someone who played in the pits in the theatre, and you had a line six logoveriax running into a helix, you could basically yeah. fucking do everything, or like a really high uh, high paid functions band, or like a like a covers band. All of those like patch changes, you could link up with your your helix, and that was a really uh, like tempting offer for that. Really, weren't it? Like the the whole everything changes at the switch of a like foot, rather than having to mess about on the the guitar itself to get the correct patch. Because I know like messing with your volume and tone is kind of expected during a show. But trying to find position six on a twelve uh, toggled like uh, yeah. rotary switch is, thing, yeah, and then find the right pickup combination on top of that is yeah. it's a bit much. Yeah, get stressful. The worst thing you can do is not set that up and then try and go from like an acoustic twelve string to a Les Paul. Because mm-hmm. there's such a jump, and you have no like. You think it's oh yeah, I'll just in the fraction of a second I've got, I'll be able to move the pickup selector and rotate this accurately, and you yeah. just can't. You just no, can't. It's, it's about four or five notches, uh, like yeah. clockwise or something. <laughs> but it's not. It's not at the end, so you can't just all the way down yeah. down to one. End. It's like the third one in or something. Yeah, the third to like the ninth as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it was just never happening. No, it weren't, was it? But like, you could you could set up your like user banks and have like notch one on your selector switch being like Les Paul Bridge, and then notch two being twelve string acoustic. Again, if you could get the interface to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Sensing a common denominator here, and it's not the equipment. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I must admit. The now fr- do you understand why I don't want a Helix or a Quad Cortex. <laughs> so they're, they're much more much more straightforward, honestly. They are very, very straightforward. Are like, they straightforward enough? <laughs> yes, I think so. Look, the, look I could understand if you, you only had uh, like patch um, manipulation on the unit itself, because that can be quite fiddly. But like doing it on the computer, simple, like, really really straightforward i i don't think i've found any of the um patch editors like be it um the the helix one or even down to like the sonic cake battery box that has been so complicated i would have thought that you wouldn't be able to use that like all of them are pretty fucking straightforward so i think i think like if you could get over the fact that you have to plug it into a computer every so often, I think you'd probably be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing I, some resistance. Look, I I just... I am not the kind of person who finds focus easily. And, like, I... I, like... I think, Josh, you enjoy that side of it so you can focus on those kind of things. Whereas, yeah, I don't like. I don't think that I would find it a hyper focus, and therefore I would really struggle to spend more than about twenty minutes. So if I can't set up all of the things I need to do 
in 20 minutes, then it might as well be dead to me. <laughs> I mean, and that includes downloading the software and plugging the unit in. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd need to you'd need to have it downloaded and then give yourself a break. Look, treat yourself. <laughs> Do like go play football manager or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, like, feasibly, it depends how much of how, like, how much you need to get done. But I think you could create three or four solid patches in twenty minutes. Okay, which would be enough. Yeah, I might actually set myself that as a challenge <laughs> and see if I could, like, if I can make it map proof. <laughs> like, put like a little tight, like an egg timer or something next to yeah. me and go. Okay, go. That'd be a nice little challenge, actually. <laughs> yeah, give me a list of like what you'd need doing, and I'll see if I can yeah. do it. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, line six variax. No boy, no, no more. But, yeah, shame, but like, yeah, I, I don't. Not, as much as I'm, I'm saying it's a, it's sad times. I can completely understand it. Look, it's not got the mass appeal that would. Um, perpetuate it. So, I think it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's one of those. But rest, rest in peace, Variax. Rest in peace. Yeah, right. So, uh, we are going to talk about what we have been up to this week. I'll tell you what, Josh, because it's been uh, it's been a little while. And in that time, you have released a video on Pedalboard today. I did. I released a video um, having my first experience with the neural quad cortex capture and found it to be extremely idiot-proof. So for, uh, for the sake of our listeners, explain what the uh, the quad cortex capture is what it entails. So, so obviously, Kemper was, I think, the really big first intake into this. It's like a take your amps everywhere with you by, you know, capturing them and storing them on your main unit. Oh, you know, say your friend's got an amp you want, go over to his house, capture it, buy him a four-pack of beer. There you go, done. Um, and Neural kind of took this one step further, and as well as being able to capture amps, you can capture pedals. Now, we'll be honest, you can't capture every like things like delays, reverbs, um, choruses are a lot harder to capture because there's so many different kind of um, variants, I would say, in the tones. Um, so it's, you know, fuzzies, um, drives, you know, preamp, you know, amp, flamp, pedals, those sort of things. So, um, after I did the review on the TC Jewel Rec, I was just really impressed with how good it was, um, and actually found it better to be, be uh, better than the capture I was using of a Mesa Boogie Jewel Rectifier, the actual Amp it's based upon, yeah, and it was purely because the it didn't have the the high end fizz that a boogies tend to have. So I'm, like, I'm going to have a go at capturing it, and it was a really off the cuff video. I didn't plan on doing it. I just did it, and because I was really happy with it, yeah. And it was it 
very good on the way that it works you out like um when you bring up the first screen admittedly when i recorded it um it was so impromptu i probably could have done it better but maybe i'll do another video in further detail in the future so i'll just quickly set it up and say like, okay let's do it quickly um and um it brings up a screen of all of the um like the inputs and outputs on on the the top panel of the the cortex mm. and then it'll highlight green where you need to plug what cable and where it needs to go so it's re- you know it properly baby steps you through the process that's cool um which is good because you go, oh, well, which input do I need to plug this into? And then which, where does this need to go? You know, it can be very um, confusing. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a really good pro point for me because I'd never done it. So it was my, you know, literally a, a first time user experience. Mm. Um, so once you set all that up, it gives you the next screen to just dial in the gain. And when I'd quickly spoken to Rabir, he said like, bring it to the point of where it just starts to clip on the volume. That's where you're going to get your best results. Yeah. So I thought, like, okay. So when you play through it, you're not actually uh, like, I think you had your guitar plugged into like input one or input two, I can't remember which one it was. And so you, I could hear my guitar coming through the, um, the pedal essentially. Mm. So I got that to the point of where it was just clipping. Then you go to the next screen and it starts the capture the great thing about with it capturing the pedal is there's none of that kind of really weird like frequency sweeps that it does with amps. Like I don't know if people have seen videos, but you might see it capturing a, like a Kemper capturing an amp, and it'll go like all these weird noises. Uh, seriously, that's what some of the noises are like. Yeah, they sound like they're it, breaking the amp. I've seen it done. It's, it's weird. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to do it to my amps. Um. Yeah, it's it's a very weird process, but you, you don't have this with the pedal, which is really good. And then um, when it's all done, it took three minutes or so. It, you know, it really didn't take that long at all. It brings you up uh, onto a screen and um, you can like, there's reference, i.e. the pedal, and then there is the next one, which is the capture. And you can just press... Um, like, you know, button A, and it will just switch between the two. So it's like, dun, 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 okay, yep. And then I changed to the capture, I was like, dun, dun, dun. And I was like, nah, change back, dun, dun, dun. And I could not tell a difference. I genuinely could not tell a difference. And, um, like, in the video, you, you, does that, you know, when you find something that's just really, really good and you let out that kind of like, <laughs> kind of laugh when it's something yeah. just is astoundingly good. Yeah. And that was my genuine reaction because I was just like, nah, no way. Yeah. Absolutely no way. Is it that good? <laughs> like, And you can go in and then fine tweak, you know, fine tweak the EQ for it a little bit if you need to. And yeah. um, But I, I genuinely didn't need to. It was perfect first time straight out of the box. And then I started using that on my some of my main patches nice. I've, I've, I've got rid of the dual rectifier amp ones and use that because it's it's that yeah it's just better that good so basically and it, i was just so impressed with so how easy it was yeah. it was just it was so easy you've uh you've basically found a like infinite gain pedals glitch 
Essentially, yeah. Um, like I've seen people have put captures of pedals on there and stuff like that, like, you know, of OD 808s and TS10s and clons and, you know, all the, you know, shall we say Jaffod, you know, as many Jaffods as you can shake a stick at. Um, so, you know, it, it it's just... It's so good. Like I could just take it to my friends, you know, say, you, you know, he might have 60 overdrive pedals. Okay. Can I capture a couple of these? And, you know, you could do it in an hour. Yeah. It, it's so, it, it, unless I, words don't describe how easy it actually is to do. Go and watch the video and you'll, and you'll see and hear the difference because there is none. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's it, isn't it? It's, it was like a really impressive result from it for basically like three minutes worth of work like i know that the tone x is kind of being hailed as very very good for this sort of thing as well but if i'm right in saying that you have to have like you know a separate interface or a separate um like external unit to the tone x um in order to capture the pedals you can't just do it straight away with the unit that you go and buy yeah um, and it has like a very quick capture, then it has like a more in detail one. And I was speaking to somebody that had, had done it and he said, oh, the quick one's good, but if you want to make it perfect, he says it takes like six hours and I can't be fucked with that. I mean, I'm not spending six hours to capture a pedal or an amp. Absolutely not. No, no, that's, that is quite the, uh, quite the uptake. And if you like do the capture, and then after the six hours, you realise it's not quite right. That you're going to be a bit pissed, aren't you? Absolutely. But yeah. So um, yeah, it was really, really impressive. So go and watch your video and let me know what you know. Drop in the comments what you actually thought about the results on it. Yeah, yeah, defo. It's it's really interesting. I think like the next next evolution of that idea is like shoot out versus your entire board's drive and seeing if uh seeing if the like you can spot the difference between them which one's better mm. um it'll, it'll be really interesting i think what i'm going to do is in a future video like i'm kind of in the, the thought process of planning it out but kind of putting um Neural's version of the jaw rectifier, a capture of the jaw rectifier, and then the pedal, and see if people can guess which one's which. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be a be an interesting thought experiment, wouldn't it? Right, let's mm. uh, and let's have a chat about mm. some some more news. I reckon we're not gonna we're not gonna go line six again. We're gonna we're gonna go Bruno Mars. What Bruno Mars? For, but he's not. He's not guitar. He is. He is pop music man. He does not do guitar. <laughs> yep. I mean, exactly what we thought. But apparently, Bruno Mars is getting his own signature Fender Stratocaster. So I mean, he probably does play guitar. But we'll find out. Yes, he's got. <laughs> he's got. <laughs> he's doing a Fender, like a Fender Strat. Uh, they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in the finish. Mars Mocha Heirloom Nitrocellulose. Shiny brown. Yeah. That's what it is. Shiny brown. I, I would say metallic caramel. 
I think <laughs> rather than shiny brown. I think I've got my marketing. All I'm saying up. is it's poo rolled in glitter. It's still poo. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's kind of, it's it's not too dissimilar to the the fire mist from Harley Benton. It's a bit darker than the fire mist, isn't it? Surely a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. the, and the, the fire mist, damn sight cheaper. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean like the specs, I, I think the specs are actually pretty, pretty nice. Um, 9.5 to 12, uh, 12 inch compound radius and a set of stainless steel frets. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, a good, I, I like the fact that it's compounds. I, I do like I'd prefer a twelve-inch radius across the board, um, but I do like I like the 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 compound. It's like a nice compromise. You've got um, noiseless pickups, which are custom Bruno Mars noiseless strap pickups. Ooh, cool. yeah, <laughs> for that. Every, yeah. Everybody's like that's what that's what everybody out there is looking for is that noiseless. Bruno Mars pickup sound that you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the top three things you're looking for, like Hendrix Strat Tones, Stevie Ray Strat Tones, and then Bruno Mars, isn't it? It's, it's yep. the trifecta, isn't it? The, yep. top, the top three of like <laughs> signature Strat Tones. Um, Gilmore who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gil much less. We need more. We need Mars. Uh, so... Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels dirty to <laughs> to even joke oh, about that. But yeah. there you go. Uh, Two-point two point vintage trim, so a tremolo that might actually work. Pretty cool. Um, also, I mean, that is apparently lightly lightly aged gold hardware, which cool, nice. Uh, it comes a standard with a deluxe brown hard shell case with a rather plush kind of gold felt interior. Um, and a leopard print strap, but it also because because <laughs> like the, all of the pictures of the of the guitar itself are with a black guard, which looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But then the like the the picture of Bruno with it, it looks like a white guard. It's not. It's a it's a mint like aged mint guard. Uh, but it comes with both. Like you get you get like either 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 or you can have. Um, on the guitar, and you get the choice, which is it's a nice touch. Uh, I would go with the black. The black looks much better. Oh, he's just so much good. Like so, so much good, so much good. Um, it's a really fucking expensive guitar, though. It's really fucking expensive. So it's three thousand six hundred and forty dollars and forty six for a signature model for a guy that nobody knows plays guitar. Yeah. Essentially, that like, is the... this. This like they keep making it worse. So they started out by giving signature guitars to people who didn't deserve signature guitars that nobody really like cared about. Like their diehard fans cared about them as guitarists, but nobody else did. Then they went to the next level by giving them to fucking YouTubers, and now they're giving them to people that you don't even know play guitar. <laughs> like fucking, oh. oh. <laughs> um, I mean, no, that just is... fuck it, yeah. Like, let, let's have the Roger Taylor guitar next from Queen. Yeah, the famous Queen drummer. He wants played a guitar. He can have one now. Give him a signature Telecaster. I don't even think, fucking like, hell. Don't even go like musical, like musical people. Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> signature Stratocaster. 
<laughs> just why not? I, I would actually buy that if yeah. every time you like played played a riff, it was power so with, with the signature signature wound Top Gear set. Yeah, and it would have to have pickups that were like output of like four hundred k. Yeah, all V8. of the output, all of the output. That's it. <laughs> You've you've stumbled upon some marketing brilliance because I think Top Gear is a great name for a set of pickups. There you go. You yeah. can have that one for free, Fender. And then and then in five years' time, Demon Effects can release the Grand Tour set. <laughs> That's it. Because they're a cheap the shitty knockoff. The Diddley Squat set. Yeah, and they they come as standard in the Richard Hammond Stratocaster. <laughs> That's a short. That's a short scale length, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Hammond duo or something. Oh, it's a three quarters. Every time you try to pick it up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's that, isn't it? It's the fact that like Bruno Mars is very much. He's a front man. He, I, I'm not like too big on his on his stuff, but whenever I've seen like footage of Bruno Mars, he's been. Man in front of a microphone, no guitar. Yeah, look, I've I've got no doubt that he probably can play guitar, and that he like he writes a lot of songs. He he's one of these. He's almost like like the American version of Ed Sheeran, where his his output is so much that he's then selling his songs to other people because he can't physically make that much music. Yeah. Uh, so, like, but he, I've still never seen him hold a guitar, let alone fucking play one. Yeah, yeah. Like that—that's the thing, isn't it? I've—I uh, can't picture him holding. Like, apart from this picture where he's got one on his lap, and even <laughs> then, he's not—he's not actually holding the guitar. It's just kind of resting on his I mean, leg. The one thing I will say is, if you look at his Wikipedia page, yeah. he is listed as the rhythm guitarist for his own band since 2010. So I mean, but I, like fair. I've seen him perform live and things like the Super Bowl and like festivals and stuff, and I've never seen him with a guitar in his hand. So no. it must be one song he does. <laughs> I mean, it could be that he tracks all the stuff in the studio. That would be fine. But the fact that it's not something that's out there, it it makes it a really weird, weird sell. And look, I'm thinking of, well, I'm trying to think of his his market because. <laughs> to me, <laughs> to me, they are they are tween girls, but they're probably more they're they're probably mums now. <laughs> like they're pro- <laughs> they're probably on the school run, listening to fucking I, grenade I, I, or whatever. It's only thirteen years ago that he first released his first studio album. Yeah, but then thirteen add like fifteen. Oh yeah, 16. I suppose if you were fifteen thirteen years ago, then you're basically 30 now aren't you yeah you're which you, means you, you are like a good proportion of those of popping their children. Sprogs. yeah yeah Ugh, i'm so old <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah i think we all are matt we all are um but like in my mind that's his his market maybe like those people aren't guitar players they're not guitar <laughs> players i'm not saying like mums can't be guitar players but Traditionally, it's a sausage fest. Is the guitar community, yeah. and it's <laughs> we have a we have a 
a specific type of music that we like, and it's not fucking Bruno Mars, I can tell you that. Um, so that's a bit of a weird one. Like, it's not going to be those people who buy it. But then the people who are buying 3,000 plus um, Fender instruments aren't going to be the type of people who want then Bruno Mars's name on their guitar. So if you yep. are spending over three grand on a guitar, which I don't understand personally anyway, but if you are, you're sh- going to turn around. You're surely <laughs> not going to go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll settle for this Bruno Mars signature. You're not. You're going to go, I want something that perhaps doesn't have that pop star's name on my guitar. It's just, it's, it's a really weird price point. It's really fucking strange. Am I missing something here? Is it, <laughs> look, I'm, I don't, I don't think you are. I've just Googled Bruno Mars playing guitars to see if I could find a photo. And I, so far, what I've got is four photos of Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and then one photo of Bruno Mars playing an Ernie Ball, Albert Lee signature. Okay. I mean, Ernie Ball are owned by Fender, aren't they? I didn't know that, but sure. Yeah, but like, even when you Google him playing guitar, you don't get him playing guitar. You get a photo of him. With, like side by side with Prince holding a guitar, with people going, "Oh, doesn't Bruno, doesn't Bruno Mars look a little bit like Prince?" And I'm going, "Why is this the first search result on the internet? This seems a little bit like... Can we say that in 2023? I mean, they are both kind of uh, a light, lighter shade of like, like a dark skin. Are we playing oh, no. offensive guess who now? Are they more mocha or Americano? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're definitely not Americano, are they? They're, it's definitely more kind of latte. Yeah. Um, but they've both got that kind of complexion and, and I think the, the facial structure is quite similar as well. They've kind of got like a very square square jaw with a chiselled uh, chiselled jawline. So I can, I can kind of understand it. Kind of was they. Look, I also now understand the post because apparently he did a Prince tribute at the Grammys. Oh, there you go. And then if you click on the article, there's a photo of Prince, and then further down, there's a photo of Bruno Mars with Best a Prince guitar. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, like, he's played a Prince guitar. He's played lovely. Never, never seen with a strat. <laughs> not seen him with a strat. Okay. That one's a Les Paul. No, it's not. It's a three three five. But I'm scrolling through Google Images looking for it and he doesn't play the strat. Why 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 has he got a signature pickup set if he doesn't even play that fucking instrument? It's a, it's an odd one, isn't it? <laughs> Real fucking odd one. So Bruno like it's just really really perplexing. Um I'm I'm confused and scared. Right, I think we should probably move on because we've got we have got some more news to cover this week. What we do need to cover, I released a video on pedal boards of Doom this week as well. You did? Hey, I released one about the Fender Toadmaster Pro. Woohoo! Is that is that from Summer Somerset? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, about... It's, it's probably only two weeks ago that I got this. It came through the post, basically. And I didn't plug it in until about three days ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course. I was, I was a little bit intimidated. It's got lots of, lots of buttons, lots of 
dials and switches and whatnot. Well, aren't the buttons dials as well? They they are indeed. Uh, yeah, that's makes... st- yeah, really confusing. No, it, that's already. actually very good. That's but well, once you use once you use those sorts of knobs like I used on the quad on the quad, it's like you can't go back to anything else. <laughs> yeah. So the I think I mentioned this on the video. The uh, the screen is really good for like sweeping um, adjustments. Like it's very good. What, at... The screen will teach me sweep pecking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those sweeps and dildos. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can like you can go from one end of uh, a control to the other end very quickly on the screen, and yeah. then the the n- knob the switch. Knobs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, almost like tiny little uh, modeler nipples. Give them a little, little, little like a little tweak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking? About? Uh, I'm channeling my inner fifteen-year-old boy. Cool. That's what you do with your tweak. Everybody loves that's a what good you, That's tweak. what you do in because everyone everyone loves that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't love. I can't find Radio Two on these dials. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's basically that's what you, you you go in with a game plan, don't you? you let's try and let's try and find some uh, some interesting radio stations here. Um, yeah, Fender, <laughs> Fender Tone Master, not nipples. Um, so yeah, I I was intimidated by it, like mainly because as well, this it's a loan unit. I don't get to keep this because it's it's real fucking expensive. Um, but they were they were very nice in sending it to us because like we're we're still a relatively small channel, um, and I like quite quite graciously threw myself on that that grenade and said, "I'll take this one for the team, boys. I'll I'll." Have a, have a go on this, like eighteen hundred quid's worth of modeler. Uh, but when it's not your own thing, you uh, you have to be like a little bit more delicate around it as well. So like, I I didn't want to like open it up and and have it kicking around my room if I didn't have a plan. And then I like I decided over the weekend to plug it in, and I was like, yes, I've got to get a video pumped out about this straight away because I like I wanted my initial. Um, initial reaction. So I recorded bits of uh, like my first 10, 20-ish minutes of playing with the unit and then like recorded some uh, some of my thoughts around it. Um, like the first thing that we talked about was the, the brightness of the unit, which um, I've, I watched a few videos. I watched Retschel. Apparently John Cordy as well uh, mentioned this kind of Weird upper, upper mid, lower kind of top end pre- lot presence thing that it's really kind of tough to dial out. So I knew a few tricks and I knew where, where to go to kind of dial that out. Um, but once you dial that out, the, the models, the models are okay. I, I, I was suitably, suitably impressed. Um, again, only really first. 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes of playing with it. So I could do with a bit more like looking around, like trying certain amp models and whatnot. Cause I, I literally like pulled up the first amp model and went, yeah, I'll try and make this one sound, <laughs> sound the way that I want it to. Uh, so I think what I'll be doing in the future when I do a full 
uh, full demo and it is exploring some of those more amp, amp sounds. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting unit. You were quite intrigued by it, weren't you, Matt? Yeah, and going back to what we said at the start of the podcast where I hate interfaces and i hate having to plug things in like this unit looks like you could just look at the unit and drag the amp that you want in and the pedal that you want in and then tweak the pedal on the unit itself like it it looks so simple that you potentially wouldn't ever have to plug it in like i i assume the easiest thing to do is set up your main sounds on your computer and then edit patches with one or two edits as and when you need to but like it looks easy enough for me to set up within five minutes and have a half decent sound which i don't think i'd get with anything that is like everybody talks about the helix that all of the patches are too aggressive with all of the settings so you've got to go in and manually change everything whereas this yeah yeah it's like people are saying, okay, it's a bit bright to start with, but the global EQ is really easy to set. I mean, you said it in that in the in the video that you did, and like everything seemed like you could add a pedal, like if you want a tube screamer, you pick the green box overdrive or whatever it's called, and you know it, <laughs> yes, it looks yeah. really simple to do, whereas it doesn't look so simple on other units. Yeah, I think the the things going for it is it's it's all very much like the. Um, the options are all very much there. It's all very visual of, of what you need to do. Like the add add block button is literally a big plus sign that says add block, yeah. and then it gives you all the points in the, the the chain that you can add a block. Yeah, and then like you say, like once you get into that menu again, because the uh, the screen is pretty big. Uh, like it's it's about the size of a mobile phone. The screen is, which is like a yeah. pretty decent. Um, pretty decent chunky screen and all of the all of the pedals you've got like a little name next to it but then basically it's the picture of the pedal yeah so it's it's also so very visual and that is very much where the market is for this i i'm i'm getting that vibe um with certain things it's like the simplicity of it almost is to its detriment like the uh, I showed the cab model, uh, like the the inbuilt cab models, um, with a lot of other modelers, you you've got like almost infinite adjustment on like the x and y axis of your um, of like your mic position, and then you've got like on or off axis, and then you've got so you, each of the cab models will give you like an infinite amount of between. Uh, like the cone and the edge and the distance. I think like on the line six, it's like you get decimal points. So you get like one inch, 1.1 inch, 1.2 inch, et cetera, et cetera. This, it's got yeah. like six, uh, or was it like six or eight settings per, you've got like the cap, six settings of distance, the cap edge, six settings, uh, the cone and then the cone edge. So you, it's it's almost kind of diluted it a little too much there, but it's it's it means that it's also like it's it's a bit of a double edged sword. Like the 
you don't get all of that tweakability, but you can get like repeatability on it. Like if you yeah. you know that oh my favourite setting is like Cap Edge number three, then that's so easy to dial in. Yeah, you don't have to sit and wait for twenty minutes and move a thing on an X and Y axis to yeah like, work out the same place as last time. You don't have to remember your like GPS coordinates for for each mic position. Yeah, oh fuck, it was like six point three on this one, but then. 2.6 on this one yeah so you don't have to do any of that um which yeah that's that's kind of cool um but like like I say it limits it a bit but you also get the option to do uh like to uh import irs as well so if you have got irs that you that you really like that is as simple as like calling that up yeah like dumping an IR file into the unit and then just calling that up and then that's your uh, your setting basically. Yeah. Um, the I guess it's probably um, actually, no. Carry on. Carry on. So, uh, like, uh, uh, at first impression, like going through the the menus, it was it was looking a little sparse because it's a new unit. You've got like that that core of the um like all of the effects and all the amps and all the cabs that they wanted to add as a bare minimum um i'm coming from the helix which is what like 10 years worth of development now i think some somewhere in the region of that which has got all of that and add another like maybe three times on top of that so you've got so much more like so many more amps so much more effects you've also got with the line six stuff you've got all of the legacy stuff built in so all of like the the stuff from the m5 and like the the amp modeler uh the amp modeler 4 and like the drive modeler 4 and the dl4 all of those things all of that legacy stuff from line six is all built in so like again, is it is it good that they're not giving you that option paralysis and giving you only like one or two types of phaser or like three reverbs or whatever? Whereas with line six, you've got twenty. Yeah. So like, there's there's the the two sides of that as well. With line six, you've got so much to choose from, but condensing all that into the things that you may that may be just the best of the best of the best means that you're less likely to have the option paralysis as well so i mean like it it sounds to me like it's it's really kind of marketing itself at the boomer market like the me the i don't want any of this nonsense that the quad cortex the helix the gt1000 all of them have got what i want is Four basic reverb sounds, four basic delay sounds, and tweakability within them, and just make it as simple to use as possible. Yeah, I think it it probably ticks that box. If I'm honest, or in terms of interface, I would say it's as easy as using a desktop editor, but on the unit itself. Yeah. Um, the one thing I haven't tried yet. Well, I haven't tried a fucking lot of stuff because it's got shit tons of stuff. But like, um, 
the ability to create like stereo patches or like create effects loops within patches. Yeah. Because that that is a case of like clicking and dragging on the on the HX editor on on the desktop. It's much harder to do on the on the unit. On the unit itself. But on the on the desktop editor it's click and drag and then you've got like a a split path. Um same with the uh, quad cortex as well. You're like it's very similar actually on the unit, isn't it? Like you click it and drag it onto like a second, uh, second yeah. signal path. So it's quite straightforward that one. Um, I want to see what the options are on this because I think that is like <laughs> I mean it might may not necessarily be the thing that the <laughs> traditional boomer um, patch is going to look like, but it's. Yeah, but surely everybody wants the ability to run stereo amps, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that should that I mean that that should be fairly like if you're going to market it as something simple, like everybody's going to want at least one stereo patch just to see what it's like. Yeah, if it's a thing. So, and I think like let's be honest, you know, like I I guess I'm the right person to kind of I would say draw a comparison because I've kind of got its let's you know its main competitor oh yeah look um in terms of like price yeah. point and not not necessarily features because the the quad cortex has got a, way more features uh, yeah, let, yeah let's be honest the quad cortex has got way way more features i mean the the biggest like thing i i, I think of like first off is like saying like you know with it being traditionally quite bright as you as you go in it's all well and good going going into the global eq and then just taking that out that's fine but every guitar is going to sound different you then say if you know you're somebody that's using this in a gigging situation it's a lot more than difficult to then having to eq for every single one of your guitars and that bit i think that's where a big problem i think lies within that um, because you know you might be able to just do the bright, you know, the brightness initially, but you know, say if you've got a Strat or a Tele, which are again quite bright guitars as well, but then if you're changing to like a Les Paul or something like that, yeah, um, it's going to really mask the the way that Les Paul sounds. And then you're going to have to kind of go then in, into an even more deep dive with you know the EQ, um. Again, like having the, the the screen size on it from when I was watching the video is pretty good. But again, I think I'm not saying bigger is better, but the quad cortex has a bigger screen, and I think it's just as easy to drag and drop things onto there. Yeah. Um, again, you know, you've tried it and you was able to get along with it really easy for a basic, um, like a, a basic patch. But upon like you know watching it and what I'm like read with it, it the you know we can't get around the elephant in the room, which is the price point. And I think, I think they are asking six or 700 Imperial credits more than what it's worth. I mean, and I think that's one of the problems. I don't, I don't think they are like, what's a a Helix these days is nearly 1300 quid, isn't it? And this is what? 1700. Yeah. So, Uh, I mean, it's, it's only 400 quid more than the Helix and like, yeah. Okay. It's not got the feature set of the of the quad cortex, and it hasn't got the depth of things that the the helix does. But it'll do everything a helix will do, apart from have the thread treadle. Just 
without the the amount of choice. Yeah, and I think it, it's the it's that, isn't it? That the, they've limited what you can do on it for the sake of the user experience. Enough. But that's it. That's kind of like Porsche that will charge you, say, ninety thousand pounds for. Uh, a box standard 911, but then, oh, you want a better 911. Oh, okay, so we're going to take some of the seats out. We're going to put scaffolding in the back of it, but we're going to charge you an extra, you know, 15 or 20 grand on the top of it. And the f- I feel like that kind of fender, you know, I think, you know, like Matt says, this is very much aimed at the, the boomer style um, of guitar players. But I think even they're still probably going to be like, oh, well, I'm not paying that much out for it just because it's a Fender, for example. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I was saying to to Budge on Threads, which is a weird thing to say, but yeah, we were talking (laughs) on Threads. And like, I genuinely think the extra layer of simplicity is worth 300 quid because, like, over a Helix, because I will never, ever buy a Helix because. I have to plug it into my computer to do anything on it because I won't mess around with a tiny thing and having to dial in the things the way they are on there. With this, you could set your bass sound hopefully fairly quickly, and then if you went, oh, oh, I've got, we're adding a new song in, and I need to add a phaser, and it looks like I could do that in about ten seconds. Yeah. To whatever your patch is, you just bring up the editor. You you press the plus. I want my phaser between my tube screamer and my delay pedal and you press the plus between the two and add your phaser in and it looks very simple whereas i don't think it's that simple for something like the helix and that is genuinely worth money like you you don't think about it at that initial outlay but when you're trying to edit on the helix on the fly you would pay any amount of money to be able to just do it rather than have to fucking drag the unit back to your house plug it into your desktop pc boot the fucking software up, add your phaser in, do your little bits of tweaking, unplug it, and then drive back to the gig. Like, it's not it's not feasible. I mean, I, I think I could probably add a phaser to to a patch <laughs> in less than a minute. Well, I could, I'll, I'll do you one better than that. I can add a phaser to a patch and make it foot switchable in less than a minute on the, on the Helix. <laughs> Okay. I could do that on the QC in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> Easy. Uh, we're doing like modeler dick swinging here now. <laughs> um, but I know what you mean. Like it's, it's a lot more, uh, a lot more of a visual way of doing it. Whereas, cause I'm used to the, the helix. I could do that. But if I was new to it, it might be a bit more, um, like a bit more limiting. Yeah. I, I get you. I get you. Look, it's it's more intuitive. You're less likely to need the manual to set up <laughs> like yeah. 60% of what you need. Yeah, sorry. What I mean is like first time using it, like I take it to a practice and I need to add a thing. I can add the thing. First time using a quad cortex or a, or a helix or a stomp, I don't think I could do it on the fly without having to Google it first and yeah. watch somebody do it on YouTube. I mean, I'm gonna like hand hands up here as as like full disclosure. I didn't look at the the manual for the the Tone Master Pro. I haven't yet looked at the manual for the Helix. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm, okay, 
I managed to do it like for my first time plugging it and I managed to like dial in patches without um without resorting to manuals or even going on like YouTube for uh for demos. But I don't know, is it is is it a fair test? Because I am at, I'm used to line six products. Because I I've had the spider <laughs> amp. I've had the spider valve amps as well. I've I've been used to like how to program them using the like the dials on the amp to program <laughs> them. So the I, only I, I honestly think yeah. I honestly think that when obviously I'm assuming Matt will come over again for the UK guitar show in, in February. Okay. Yeah. L- yes. Um I'll I'll We'll pay for a studio and I will get Matt in front of the quad cortex and I will genuinely change, like, you'll genuinely see how easy everything is with it. Like, I think, like, same with manuals, again, not going into the dick swinging contest, but I think the only time I had to look at it was when I was trying to figure out MIDI, but that's my fault because <laughs> I was trying MIDI. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to get MIDI. Like, I'm not even going to look at MIDI ever because I'm never going to buy a foot switcher. Yeah. Because, yeah. I'm a boomer. Then <laughs> I think I think you, it's fair there. That yeah, no, like no one needs. What I was going to say, what I was going to say though, is the only time I've ever used a spider amp, I couldn't get any gain on it without turning it up to full volume, and I don't know what I was doing, and I couldn't change any of the sounds, and I didn't know how to use it, and I just pissed off the guy who's like basically, I was playing in a band and their dad had a spider amp in there and he's like oh yeah go and use that um and i i, I couldn't <laughs> I, just, I couldn't make it do any of the things i wanted to and i was like i need more gain and <laughs> the guy who was the bassist in the band who was his son went that one makes it louder and it gets it breaks up after a while <laughs> so it just it whacked it up full so i just turned i just had a, a spider basically on full volume <laughs> I bet that sounded glorious, didn't it? <laughs> it was trash. Yeah, because they were like basically like very basic pod units going into a full range speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so you would have got some like incredible shit tone. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it also really, like I say, in a housing estate, uh, I think it was a 100 watt one. And I turned it all of the way up. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> was it on insane mode as well? No, it was. On, it was on. I don't even know what the patch was. It was probably fairly clean, but as you turned it up, it got a bit drivier. Yeah. And then, obviously, the more you turned it up, the more it's ruining its internal speaker. Because <laughs> take that, guy's dad. <laughs> so yeah, Graham, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Still, I know we. I know you shouted at me, but it was well deserved. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the way that those those amps worked is, if you move to a patch, none of the the uh, dials would be what they said they were until you move them. Like you move the the dial, and then it it suddenly yeah. like registers registers that it's the dial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you probably didn't touch the gain part of that, and then oh, yeah. I, I what I, I think maybe I touched the, maybe the gain was almost all the way up, mm. and you, I was like, I'm not getting any gain here, so I'll just turn. <laughs> yeah, it was just on a clean channel, wasn't it? I, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, because yeah, there, it depended like depending which spider you used. 
the will a, of pain. A, a black one. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So that's like f- Spider Four onwards, I think. And they they came with clean, but then like tweed, clean blues. crunch. And then it was metal and insane or something they, like that, that was wasn't the, it? The one, two, and the three. After that, you got clean tweed blues. Crunch. Uh, there was two metal ones. I can't remember what they were. There was like metal and then like high record or something. Or like something. That. Yeah, and then then insane was <laughs> it was a because it was I'm the just same on to work the... out when it would have been. It would have been about two thousand and six. Yeah, I'm going to say that was Spider Four territory. Yeah, like the. The early spiders, the one, two, and maybe the three, actually sounded pretty decent. And they were much more simple. Once they got to that, like, where it had, like, the little LCD display on the front. Yeah. The orange one. I, yeah. must, I must be misremembering it. The Spider 4 didn't come out till 2009. It was definitely before that. Yeah. I remember um, I saw a post, I, th- I can't remember if it was on Pedalboards of Doom years ago or it was on like an AMPS page and it was where someone had bought, you know, like the cut, the, the cutouts of like a, a Marshall stack that people have on stage. Yeah. But then like literally behind it, they'd mic'd up a Line 6 Spider and I thought that was fucking excellent. <laughs> I mean, if it's, if it's enough to fool them, then yeah, cool, cool. Right, gentlemen, I think we've we've had enough of... Of the old uh, Tone Master Pro, like generally, I think we've we've got to we've got to do a bit more, a bit more of a, a deep dive into this one. Definitely, people in the Fret Talk podcast group, if you want to see something covered in it, if there's like a feature that like hasn't been covered by any of the videos that have been out so far, drop it in. Uh, like, just pop a post in the in the Fret Talk podcast group. Or even like reply to the, um, like the post that I put on the Monday morning, with like episode three two five. Put it in there and just like give me some suggestions of what you want to see for this, because I'm I'm taking suggestions for it. I want to make a video that covers the things that you like, like is the like the barrier to you wanting to try this thing, because yeah. Like, I want to give it a fair crack. I also want to make a video that isn't just the same thing that everyone else has done. Because they, they all did that a month ago. Um, so, like, it'll be, it'll be good for me. It'll be good for you guys as well, because you'll get the questions answered. Um, Jason, uh, uh, P, Peabod um, chap, he's set me a challenge of, like, alternative routing options. <laughs> So thanks for that, Jason. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, the fuck is an alternative routing option? I don't know. I'll have to read what he... It's just like... Stereo tra- patch, stereo patches, wet dry wear, stuff like yeah. that. Not like travelling to Singapore without stopping at Dubai. Yeah, I mean, potentially. <laughs> if, if that's what the video requires. <laughs> I'm in Dubai. Budget Pedal Chap has used up all of the pedal boards of Doom Expense account. <laughs> That's it. I'm here in Dubai with the when, with the Tone Master Pro. We're now in what. negative Patreon money. Please, please help us out. That's it. I can't get back. <laughs> help. 
Yeah, so we... can I can I buy a ticket on the Tone Master Pro? No, <laughs> no, I cannot. Can I plug it in here in Dubai? No, it's the wrong plug. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Right, so our final bit of news this week is again Line Six based. Like we are very Line Six this week. Um, they are showing what Fender need to be doing basically um, by. They are doing a full uh, upgrade of the firmware of the pod go. So like the the Helix is the kind of flagship modeling unit. The pod go is more of like a lighter unit, less editable. I think like your your patches have a specific set. Uh like the blocks are all set. So you've got an amp block, you've got a cab block, you've got effects block pre and post amp you i think you've got like one of those and then you've got like a like a wah block and like a reverb and a delay kind of so it's all like presets like it's all everything is preset it look pre-laid out um and it's it's the the less powerful but they use some of the same technology that uh the helix uses as well so it's like a lighter version basically um They've done an entire overhaul of the the cabinet engine, so you're getting twenty seven new uh, guitar cabs, six new bass cabs, and twelve new microphones with like angles, positions, distances from the speakers. So like you know how the 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 amp, sorry, the cabs like they can't use the name of the the company, so they like they're like Citrus instead of Orange, that kind of thing. I do, yes. So on their website, they tell you what they captured in order to do it, which yes. defeats the object because they then just say, "Oh, this one's an orange, this one's a Marshall, this one's a Vox." Yeah. So what? Just use that name, then you pricks. Because they, they can't, because it's a product that they're selling. They can't use because they're, they're not demon effects. But they they literally say captured from Fender Twin, captured from Matchless, because like, yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Like that is true. That's a fact. Uh. It's it's an ass backwards way of doing it, but it's the way that they because they've done that for ages. Like the Variax guitar, say so like based on a fifty nine Gibson Les Paul pickup, like etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But this is not the the Les yeah, Paul this mode. Is the this Lester is the Lester. Mode. Yeah, and that's the way they get around it. And it's it's okay. It's all it's all gravy. Like it's a, it's a cool little. Unit. I thought people were guessing what they were based on and. Yeah, I, no. that's, that's, <laughs> no, we've got that's the actual. Like, I know I'm probably 20 years behind the times with this, but I'm sad now. <laughs> All the people I thought that were really good that, that like had decoded this code had just gone <laughs> yeah, on the line. Yeah, they looked in the manual. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like, it's if like you're pulling looking... back the veil on porn, it's just like <laughs> everything's just been like flat out like broken in front of Matt's eyes oh yeah I, I don't think I ever want to fuck a speaker so we're all good uh, so pod uh, pod edit software even more like, even more microphones around the room easier more precise placement in addition 33 new speakers obviously um, the 26 plus the uh, what was it I can't remember sorry 27 plus the the 6 new bass cabinets We've got five new guitar amplifiers as well, a new bass amplifier, and seven new effects. So it brings you in total to 94 amplifiers in the unit, 72 speakers, and over 250 effects uh, available. 
for a so how how much are these? They're like like so the the pod go is four hundred and eighty nine. Mm. Yeah, so something like four hundred and thirty nine quid. Um, which uh, they also do the wireless version as well, which is uh, basically like an extra hundred, so like five hundred and thirty quid ish for a an eight button unit with uh, a treadle. It's pretty pretty decent. Um, yeah, so it's like this is the kind of thing that I think need to be doing basically like this kind of um like support for their their products what i'd like to see them do is add more of the fender pedal line i, I mentioned that in the video as well because I, I pulled up the pugilist because i was a little bit curious as to what the pugilist sounded like because <laughs> i'd seen it all like seen it about i've seen like the the pugilist and like the there's a pugilist deluxe or something as well. I was like, I want to, I want to at least hear what one of these sounds like. Sounds pretty decent. Um, but I want to like for them to be a little bit more unique to get them like a little corner of the market. Throw more a few like like the marine layer reverb. That's that's an algorithm that can go straight in, can't it? Like the they've got a rotary speaker. Simulator, throw that in. Throw the like all of these fender pedals in because then it all like then people all, might actually know what they sound like. <laughs> yeah, look, it will give a boost to those pedals, but it will also be like these pedals aren't modeled anywhere else. They're not modeled in the, the line six stuff, they're not modeled in the boss stuff for fucking sure. Um so so like it gives that not nice little niche, doesn't it? Um, but yeah. look, I can't believe I'm saying this in the same week that um, Line Six have discontinued the the um, Variax. But hats off to Line Six for supporting their products. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not bitter. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. It's exactly that, isn't it? Like I'm not bitter about it. I understand why they've why they've given up the the uh, Variax as much as I love it. And as much as it has a die-hard community, it's time. It's time. Like some somebody put in the um, in the comments of like one of these um, posts, like how much are you willing to bet that like next month they're going to release the the Variax Helix? Where it's got like built-in <laughs> like amp models and shit. I like shit. Oh. <laughs> that would be. That would be kind of cool. It ain't gonna happen. It just ain't gonna happen. But it would. Well, you just know that now your Variax is just gonna double in price. <laughs> I mean, the old Variaxes didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like everybody that what I think the reason this is happening is because everybody that ever wanted to try a Variax has got one at this point. Yeah, hopefully it will give my. Uh, Five reasons to buy a Variax video, a nice little boost. <laughs> it might but do. We'll, we'll see. And I think that probably, my gentlemen, is a good place to end the podcast for this week. Um, I'm going to give a huge shout out to you listeners who have made it this far because you are just legends. You ledge. 
Um, I'm going to extend a thank you. I'm going to extend two thank yous this week because I forgot last week to end, <laughs> extend a thank you to our sponsor, Mr. Affordable.co.uk. So I'm going to do that twice. Thank you to Affordable.co.uk. That's uh, <laughs> that's our contractual obligation sorted. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but honestly, like, fantastic place for um, budget pedals. Better prices than Amazon and better customer service. Like, what can you, what can you, like, what more can you want? Um, I'm also going to extend a extra special, super sexy thank you to our Patreon backers for as little as two dollars a month. You can be part of that exclusive crew. Two, that is two, more than one. We want our, we want our big number ten patreon backer before christmas so when we do our guitar gear of the annum we can also play whose nip is it anyway <laughs> i mean i i personally would like to do the guitar stuff of the annum the the three hour um like marathon podcast i'd like to do that with my nipples with a breeze on them if if at all possible <laughs> And that will happen if we get up to that double digits mark by Christmas time. I will subject all of these all of these fuckers on this podcast to my nipples for three hours. That is that is the budge guarantee. Um but yeah, for as as little as two dollars a month, you can be part of this exclusive crew. Just go patreon.com slash fret talk. And as a bonus, as a nice little bonus, not only do you get your name read out on the podcast every week. But you get an extra twenty to thirty minute podcast, extra special, super behind closed doors podcast after dark special Patreon episode. Yeah, you do, and we're we're pretty consistent with those. I think I don't even like I've I've not I've stopped counting the numbers and then just they're no log whatever their <laughs> uh, episode number is. It's that bonus. So I've, I've not even got count of how many there are now. There's well over and 10. And you get to hear you get to hear our thoughts unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this week you get to hear what we think of the download 2024 lineup. Ooh. <laughs> I don't I mean, think it will be the greatest lineup in the history of music festivals ever. I mean it's definitely or a not. lineup. It, yeah, it's definitely a lineup <laughs> of a festival, isn't it? Right. It's definitely a future lineup of a future festival. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully it doesn't stay that way. Right, page backers. Our, our page backers are as follows. We've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimpson of The Rising of the Lights and the person who told us about the download headliners. So thank you, Mr. Uh, Mr. Andrew Bimpson. We have got the trifecta of a rector. We've got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. Mike Oxlong and Mr. Gary Goldencock. We've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We've got Mr. Brian Gare of the Tone Jerks. Yeah, give Fletcher away. (laughs) We've got Mr. Brian Gare of the Tone Jerks podcast, of the Second Butter podcast, and the Off the Rails podcast. Uh, Recently, they dropped the 300th um, Tone Jerks episode. And I love how they just gave a big fuck you to like celebration and just did a normal episode. It was fantastic. 
Uh, we've got Mr. Diabetes Foot and we've got Mr. Jason Wharton of YouTube. Yeah, just Jason Wharton. Just check him on there. Or Peabod. He's with us there. You want to catch me online? I am Budget Pedal Chap at Facebook, Facegram, Institute. Face, Facegram. <laughs> Facegram. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, the other one, Threads slash Threads. Budget Pedal Chap. Yeah, which I have been using. I've been using threads. Um, and YouTube, of course, is the home to the No Talk or Tone series. Josh, where can we find you? You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram. And you can also now find me at Both Sides Suffer. Ooh, what is this? That is, I am cheekily teasing. And you can also find me at Josh Castle TCM on YouTube. You, you, and Matt. Uh, I am at heel underscore Matt Q on Twitter, the Twinstagram, and threads. Yeah, you are. Yeah, we did the thing. Right, so from myself, Mr. Budget, pairs with chap, from, oh my gosh, it is Josh. And from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woo. It will be a tatty bye, and good night for this week. Of Redesign. Bye. I haven't sold a single copy of my autobiography. Story of my life. Uh.